0: And if you have your Bible with you this morning, I ask that you would open it to 2 Kings chapter 6. We will be reading verses uh, 1 through 7. It will be on the screen if you don't have your word with you. But please follow along with me. Now the sons of the prophets said to Elisha, See the place where we dwell under your charge is too small for us. Let us go to the Jordan, and each of us get there a log, and let us make a place for us to dwell there. And he answered, Go. Then one of them said, Be pleased to go with your servants. And he answered, I will go. So he went with them. And when they came to the Jordan, they cut down trees. But as one was felling a log, his axe head fell into the water, and he cried out, Alas, my master, it was borrowed. Then the man of God said, where did it fall? When he showed him the place, he cut off a stick and threw it in there and made the iron float. And he said, take it up. So he reached out his hand and took it. This is the word of the Lord for us this morning.
1: amen Amen. good morning morning. let's try this again amen Amen. good morning morning. Uh, i pray that you see the enthusiasm of our worship team you guys did a wonderful job so i ask that as i'm preaching please have that same amount of enthusiasm if you want to say amen it's okay say amen if you want to wave a hand it's okay wave a hand uh if you want to shout sing whatever it is it's okay you can do it during this sermon now if you interrupt my sermon that's not going to be okay but everything else will be okay, Amen. Uh, she's already read our scripture for the day, which comes from Second Kings, chapter six, verses one through seven. Uh, I don't want to be before you long. I just want to take a few moments to pull a few scripture, a few points out of these scriptures today, and I pray that it will be a blessing to each and every one of you. If you bow with me for a word of prayer, Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for all that you've done. Thank you for our life, our health, and our strength. We come right now, Lord, first asking forgiveness for all the many sins that we have committed knowingly and unknowingly. We come right now, Lord, asking that you will stand up in me and set me down. Help me to say something to your people that will inspire them to run on and see what the end is going to be. If there's someone here today that does not know you as their personal savior, Lord, I pray that you will prick their heart and make them come down the aisle and say, I yield, I yield, what must I do to be saved? Lord, we love you, we give your name praise, we give your name glory, and we give your name honor. In the matchless name of Jesus the Christ, we pray, amen. Amen. Verse 6, verse 5 of chapter 6 says, But as one was felling a log, his axe head fell into the water, and he cried out, Alas, my master, it was borrowed. And the man of God said, Where did it fall? And when he showed him the place, he cut off a stick and threw it in there and made the iron float. I'd like to preach briefly from the topic all the way up. All the way up. On April 15th, 1912, one of the most famous disasters in American history and British history happened. April 15th, 1912 is the sinking of the Titanic. You guys familiar with the sinking of the Titanic? Even if you're not familiar with the Titanic story itself, many of us have seen the popular movie that came out in 1997, The Titanic. They said that the Titanic was a ship that just could not be sunk. They said it was gonna be the world's biggest, greatest, and best ship ever. They had all the amenities, everything that you could want in a cruise ship, everything that you could want in a vacation, it was all right there on the Titanic. It's funny to me because they get the name Titanic from the Titans, which are are Greek and Roman gods, and they believe that uh, because this building, this, this ship was so strong that it just could not be sunk. And literally, they made the statement that only God himself can sink this ship. Hilarious to me because we find out the power of God in this moment, right? Like you think that only God can do something as if God can't truly do something. And so what do we find out? The ship sinks. If you ever seen the movie, the movie is crazy to me because I'm always thinking about a couple of parts in the movie. The first thing that's crazy to me in this movie, The Titanic, is as the ship is sinking, the band plays on. The band is acting like nothing is going on and they're just playing the music and the ship is going down and they keep on playing the music as if they were all the way up. But the fact of the matter is they're going all the way down. Not only is it crazy to me that the people on the ship and the band keeps playing on, it's crazy to me how selfish the people are that get on the lifeboats. They have an opportunity. We find out historically that literally most of the lifeboats were half full or less. And it's funny to me because people who were able to get on the lifeboats were just not patient with those that were still on the boat. People that were able to get on the lifeboats didn't say anything to anybody else about them getting on the lifeboats. They just got on the lifeboats and saved themselves. And so we see in this story of the Titanic how selfish these people are that have an answer that could have been saved, that could have saved other people. They had an ability to do that, yet they were too selfish to do that. That's crazy to me other thing that's crazy to me about the story of the Titanic, especially the movie, now I know these are not real characters. I know that these people that I'm about to talk about, Jack and Rose, are fictional people, but it seems to me that there was enough room on the wood for Jack to get on the wood with Rose. If you haven't seen the movie, please go back and look at it because I'm always asking myself the question, like, man, if you love him so much, pull him up on the wood with you and, and, and save him. <laughs> Save Jack, right, save Jack. Jack is one of the members of our worship team, so he said, please save him. But I'm always amazed that when I look at this story and I watch that movie at how everything happened in the movie where these people who thought they were about to have the time of their life, these people who thought they were going to go on the greatest cruise in the world, on the greatest cruise ship at that time, how in a moment's notice they go from partying, they go from singing to celebrating, they go from being all the way up and then they find themselves going all the way down. When you look at these scriptures in 2 Kings, it appears that these scriptures just don't make sense to be placed right here in 2 Kings. Uh, if you look at the rest of the scripture around uh, 2 Kings chapter 6, verses 1 through 7, you see that it is pinned between the story of a, hu- of a supernatural healing of a man of leprosy, and then we see a supernatural victory right on the other side of God opening the eyes of the people and letting them know that they have the victory. And then in the middle of these two stories of one man getting healed from leprosy and another story of some people having the victory because their eyes are opened by God, we see this story of an ax head that goes into the water. And it just seems not to make sense. Like why is this here? This doesn't fit. What is going on? But one of the things that we wanna look at as we are going through these verses today is thinking about the fact that it's between these two stories because it lets us know that after being healed from the sin that we may be in, If we continue to walk with the master, we will have victory. That is really what this is all about. They had a challenge. As you look in these verses here, you see the challenge that these people had. They said that they were building a a home for the prophets, and where they were staying, it just was not enough room, it was too tight. There wasn't enough spaces for people to to sleep, for people to rest, for people to have their their own space. And so they come before the prophet Elisha and say, hey, we don't have enough space. We would like to build more. And so they go down towards the Jordan River to to, to collect wood so they can build more space for this school of prophets. Now, it's a couple of things you got to notice about the Jordan River. The Jordan River is, uh, it represents death. It represents uh, death because it flows into the Red Sea. It is some 422 meters below uh, the, the, the Dead Sea or below sea level. And so anything that goes into the Jordan River, if it is not plucked out of the Jordan River, it will begin to sink and it will begin to go literally all the way down. These prophets, these Men that are a part of the school of prophets, they have this challenge because they don't have enough space and they go to the Jordan River, a place that can represent death for them, a place that can represent the lowest points. Because once you get into the Jordan River, you flow into the Dead Sea. And by the time you get to the Dead Sea, there is no lower that you could go. That's the challenge that they have. The second thing that I see in these verses is the condition that they have. The condition. The condition. The axe head is separated from the axe handle. The axe is created for a purpose. The purpose is to be able to fill trees, the purpose is to be able to cut down trees. But the fact of the matter is, if the axe head is not connected to the axe handle, then the axe head and the axe itself will not be able to live up to the purpose that it was created for. This is important as we talk about these verses to think about, especially in churches like Revolution Church, especially in churches like Wingfoot Church. When you think about churches that are new church plants, I talked to Brother Zach a few minutes ago and he was telling me about how excited he was to be in a church that we came from a church that had a whole lot of people. And now he has to be actively involved every week with every portion of the process because God created you, Brother Zach, for a purpose. It wasn't that just God gave you the ability to play the musician, to be a musician and play the drums. No, he knew that one day Wingfoot Church would need a drummer at their church. So he created you for this purpose so you could be here to be a blessing to this church community. But if Brother Zach is disconnected from the church. If Brother Zach is not connected and walking in his purpose, then that means that there's something that is going to be missing that the church needs simply because someone is disconnected and walking outside of the purpose which God has given to them. You're created for a purpose, but many times we feel that we are separated. No matter what your purpose is, if you are not connected, you will be limited or even worse, worthless. And many of us get involved in churches or join churches or come to Christ and say, Hey, I want to go all in for Christ. But the fact of the matter is, many of us come to the Lord and instantly become disconnected from the Lord's body. Why are we disconnected from the Lord's body? Well, already we find out that there was limited space for them, it was tight. And sometimes we feel like we just can't find our space in a church. We can't find where God wants me to move and where God wants me to work. And this is so funny to me because many times we're looking to move and work in spaces that God has not gifted us for. This is why God gifts you in the way that he gifts you because he knows where you would best work. And instead of you being a singer who can't sing, maybe God called you to be a greeter who can just greet. And you may feel as if, well, I'm not on the stage; I don't get the microphone, and I want to do this and I want to do that. But it is just as important for somebody to be standing at the door greeting the visitors when they come in as it is for the person that's standing on the mic singing, praising, preaching, or praying. Why? Because all of that is a part of what God has created us for. So you've got to be connected to to your purpose. Was it, it was tight? Sometimes we are not connected because of friction in new church plants. You're just getting to know people. And I don't know if you know about people, but people will cause you some friction sometimes. Y'all can say amen to that. Now, this is one of those times that I want you to say amen. Because the fact of the matter is, even though we all have the same purpose, even though we should all have the same goal, even though we all should be walking the same path, when it comes to church and church people, we tend to have our own opinions about how things should be done. Pastor John, don't ever invite those people back. They were just too loud. Have our own opinions on how things should be done. I just wanted to hear from you, Pastor John. Have our own opinions on how things should be done. Well, we would like to do this and go out into the community and serve in this way in our community. Well, we didn't do that at my last church. Have our own opinions on how things should be done. I'm not in charge. That causes friction. I'm not the one that's the point person. That causes friction. It's not my idea, and I'm not going to go with it unless it's my idea. That causes friction. Friction is another way that the axe handle becomes disconnected from the axe head. It's too tight. Friction. And sometimes you're uh, swinging your axe in a hard place, and this also causes the axe head to become disconnected. Not only do we see that you're created for a purpose and at times you are disconnected, but we also see that you're created for a purpose and at times you're disconnected. And some of us aren't just disconnected. Some of us are just plain lost. And this is crazy because if you get lost in the Jordan, then you only have one option, which is to go down. If, if you are lost here today and, and, and you don't know how to be found, you only have one option in your life, and that is to go down. I know we don't think that we are going down, but look at your life. Look at everything that's going on in your life and you ask yourself, is this the way to be all the way up or am I truly going all the way down? Look at your relationships. Are they going all the way up? Or are they going all the way down? Look at your family. Is it going all the way up or is it going all the way down? Look at your finances. Is it going all the way up or is it going all the way down? These are questions you have to ask yourself, and you have to look and say, man, am I simply lost? When you're lost, you can't be found. I in these verses because this man recognized something that many of us don't recognize today. He lost the axe head. He became panicked because it wasn't as like he can just go down to, to, to Home Depot or Lowe's and pick up a new axe. This is something that was going to be special. This was something that cost a lot of money. This was something that was hard to come by. And he comes out and he says, this axe head is not even mine. it's borrowed. That was powerful to me when I read it the first time because I thought about the fact that this life that I have, I think many times that it is mine. I think that this soul that I have, is is mine. But the fact of the matter is, this is not your life. This is not your soul. That is not your money. That's not even half of our hair half the time. The fact of the matter is this. It is all God's. And because it is all God's, we have responsibility for what he has given to us. And if God has created you for purpose and you're not living in the purpose in which God has created you, one day you're going to have to answer for not living up to your responsibility. You got to first, you got a responsibility to yourself. He was worried because he lost the axe head and what is the ma- The man who he got the accent from, what is he going to say? You got a responsibility first to yourself. You know how when you're on the airplane and the lady gets up at the beginning of the airplane and they tell you about the oxygen dropping from the ceiling. And they say before you put on anybody else's oxygen, make sure that you have oxygen yourself. Before you are worried about what somebody else is doing in their life, how they're living, how they're walking, how they're talking, you've got to take time to get to know the Lord for yourself. And if you don't know the Lord for yourself, you'll see that you're lost. And for those of us that know him, many of us will see that we are disconnected. So your condition is you, you are lost. This is borrowed, it is not yours, it is the Lord's. You have a responsibility to yourself, but then you also have a responsibility to others. If you are not walking in your purpose, those around you that need you to walk in the purpose that God has given to you, they will be missing something from their life simply because you're not doing what you are supposed to do. Brother Zach doesn't play the drums, then you gotta sing on tracks. Y'all did good on tracks by the way team, I love y'all. But the fact of the matter is, we don't wanna sing on tracks forever. The fact of the matter is, we want people that'll be actively involved in the mission of the church. So if you know how to play the piano, come play the piano. If you know how to play the drums, come play the drums. If you know how to sing, come sing. And if you only know how to wave a hand and say amen, you better be sitting in those seats every week, losing your mind while everybody else is looking at me right now. I need somebody crazy like you, Angie. To fill your purpose in God and say amen. The facts, the facts are these. Many of us are want to be all the way up, but we see a challenge. There's not enough space. We see our condition. We're created for a purpose, but we're separated, disconnected, and lost. The next thing that we see is a confession. These people are... Standing on the side, and he's swinging the axe, and as he's swinging the axe into the wood, the axe handle becomes disconnected, and it falls into the water, and it immediately goes from being on top of the water, and it goes all the way down. Now, he's standing there knowing that he has borrowed this axe, and it is not his, and he has responsibility for it, but he could have done like many of us do. I don't know about anybody else, but sometimes, on occasion, I'm behind on a bill or two. Sometimes, not a lot. I'm doing much better now. Thank God for grace, right? But there was a time that, there, that I wasn't always up on my bills. And I would know that I owed the electric bill. I-, I would know that I owed the gas bill. I-, I would know that I owed my student loans, and the link dropped yesterday, so if you have not gotten your student loans taken care of, go to the link today. I-, I would know that I had that. And because I know that I had that, there were times where the bill collector would call, and instead of me just answering and taking care of my responsibilities, I would act as if I didn't know that they were calling me. I know what that 800 number is, and we be telling people like, oh man, spam, just keep spamming me. That's not spam, that's the bill collector, and they want their money. Spam likely, right. But the fact is, we know that they are looking for us, and instead of us answering the call, we'll ignore the call. Instead of us opening up the mail, we'll ignore the mail. Instead of me looking in the mirror and saying, I have a problem, we'll ignore the problem. At our church, at Revolution Church, September was supposed to be a month for us to start working out and exercising because we wanted to to, to get better in our health And, and not just our 22 pounds. Come on, sister says she lost 22 pounds. That's a blessing. I lost 16, but this week I've been bad all week, so I may have gained them all right back. But the fact of the matter is, as we were going through the process, as we were thinking about going through working out and getting in shape, we said, well, here are some of the parameters that we need from you. So, so one of our brothers, Brother Jack, stand up. Let me see how cocky Jack is. So, little small Jack over here, right? Jack is, Jack is preparing, you can sit back down, Jack, thank you. Jack is preparing. He is preparing for a contest, correct? Is that correct? It's not a bodybuilding contest, but what kind is it? It's a... seat, you heard him of a seat contest. He, and Zach, Jack looks amazing. So Jack, Jack came and was giving us the instructions on what we needed to do, because he works out all the time and he looks amazing. And the rest of us who are not working out all the time, it would have it amazed you how to hear the people complain about the measurements. Jack said, hey, we need your measurements so we can see the progress that you're making. And people said, I would rather be the same weight and the same health than I am right now before I give you the measurements of my body so I can be honest with myself. And the fact is, many of us are not honest with ourselves. It, 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 nobody has to tell you. It's amazing when we go to the doctor and he says, hey, you've got high cholesterol, or you got high blood pressure. Nobody had to tell you that. You know about all the cookies and the cakes that you've been eating. Nobody had to tell you that you're on your way to diabetes. You knew that already. But until we are honest with ourselves and confess what our problem is, we'll never fix the problem. And this man could have acted as if he hadn't lost the axe handle. He could have acted as if he didn't have an issue where he was going all the way down. He could have acted as if everything was okay. But simply by him being willing to make a confession to the man of God, now his problem can get handled. And this is the same thing that's happening to each and every one of us today. That many of us are not willing to confess what our issues are to God. Imagine this, this guy standing on the side, the axe has no head on it. We already know that your ax handle doesn't work. (laughs) Yet you will stand there as if nothing is wrong instead of simply confessing so we can get things fixed. This works in so many areas, right? I I think you know where I'm going because sooner or later I'm going to talk about Jesus and how he fixed all of that stuff. So if I don't make it to that point and God calls me back right now, know that this sermon is going to Jesus and how he's going to fix all of this stuff. But the fact of the matter is, it's not just Jesus fixing our sin sick souls, but Jesus is good enough that he can fix your financial issues if you simply give them to him. He teaches us in his word how to be good stewards of the things that we have. And instead of us being true and saying, you know what, I've messed up, I've done some things wrong. What is it that we do? We act like we don't have a financial issue. There's so many crazy people come to church, and that's a bad term to use because we're trying to uh, encourage people with their mental health. But the facts of the matter is this. We come in church, and we are crazy, and we act like everything is okay. Amen. Then there are those of us that are disconnected or lost and act as if everything is okay. But for this to be fixed, a confession had to be made. And so what does he confess? First, he has to admit that he has a problem. Then he had to call that problem by its name. See, because many of us will say that we have a problem but won't identify what our issue is so we don't truly have to deal with it. Think about whatever your issues are. Think think about who you are and, and, and how you walk and how you talk and how you think. And no matter what that issue is, you've got to call that thing by name so you can deal with whatever issue you may have. The other crazy thing to me is many of us drown in denial. We're just like the band on the Titanic. The ship is going down all around us and instead of us either getting into a lifeboat or finding a way to salvation, we're standing on the sides and we continue to play as if nothing is wrong. Do not allow your condition of being lost or separated to keep you from your confession and keep the band playing on. The final thing that we see then is conversion. We saw their, the challenge that they had, the condition they were in, the confession that needed to be made, and now we finally see conversion. The ax is metallic, the ax head. It comes off of the, the, the ax handle, it flies into the water and the ax head does what the ax head should do, right? Like what should an ax head do if it's in water? It should sink. Why should it sink? Because, that, because that's its nature. Its nature is, I'm, I'm made of metal, and when metallic things hit water, they don't float, they, 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 they sink. And so the axe head actually didn't do anything that was really outside of its nature. It was in the wrong environment, and in that environment, it's only going to do what axe heads do, which is sink. I sink because of my nature. I sink because sometimes I'm in the wrong environments and if I'm not connected in the way that I should be Connected and I'm not being used in the way that I should be used and I place myself in the wrong Environment what will happen because of the nature that I have I Will sink and not only will I sink what ends up happening is I don't just sink and stay right here Sooner or later as I'm sinking. I'm going to continue to go all the way down. I'm going to go all the way to a place where life can't even breathe. It can't even come to life. It's all dead. Everything is just messed up. Nothing can be born in this place because I'm so disconnected, so lost, and now I'm so far away. I I, I sink because of my nature. I can't always help where I fail because sometimes I fall into places that I didn't mean to fall into. I just stumbled into this place. I can't help where I fell. I can't help my nature. But what I can help is admitting that I have a problem and allowing God and God's people to help me with the problem. I love what happens next. As he's standing there looking at the space where the axe head fell, he looks over and he sees the man of God and he says, I have this issue. I've lost my axe head and it is borrowed and I don't know what to do. The man of God says, show me the place where it fell. And then he goes and he grabs a branch off of a tree. And the Bible says that he throws the branch into the water. And I love this because this is a beautiful picture of, uh, uh, of the life that Christ gives to each and every one of us. When we are sunk as low as we can go. When we are in a space and in a place where nothing can live and there's only death, the life of the branch, the life of the vine, the life of the tree comes into the water. And I love this because I just told you about the metallic nature. The metallic nature says that I should sink. But when Jesus Christ enters the water with me I start to do some things that are outside of my nature this axe head which was at the bottom now and is only going lower I love in the King James it says it began to swim and I don't know about anybody else but I get excited by the fact that I was once a drug addict that I was once an alcoholic that I was once this I was once that but once Jesus Christ entered my life that thing that I used to be I'm not that any longer. The stuff that I shouldn't be able to do, now I'm doing some stuff that God never even thought I can do. I didn't think I could sing, I didn't think I could preach, I didn't think I could pray, but praise God, look at me now, now I'm swimming. And I love the fact that God has allowed each and every one of us this opportunity today. To say you don't have to remain where you are. You don't have to remain all the way down. You can get to know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And one, you don't have to be lost anymore. You can get to know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And develop relationship with him. So you don't have to be disconnected anymore. And all the stuff that people say you couldn't do, you wouldn't be. You're not. Praise be to God. That I'm not living my life. Concerned about other people's opinions, because the only opinion that I'm concerned about is in the end when he says, Well done. I told you guys that I was gonna get to Jesus, so let's just get to Jesus because I think this is the important thing. The fact of the matter is this I was on my way to hell, I was a sinner, and I was in need of a Savior. I wasn't on my way to hell because y'all did stuff wrong. I wasn't on my way to hell because somebody said something about me. I wasn't on my way to hell because of racism, because of genderism. I was on my way to hell because I was a sinner. But Jesus Christ loved me enough that he wrapped himself up in human flesh. the Bible says that he came, born of a virgin named Mary. He walked with us. He talked with us. He healed the sick. He raised the dead. He gave sight to the blind. And then on one Friday, he went to the cross at Calvary, where the Bible says that he hung, that he bled, and that he died. But I love this part of the story. It says they took him down off that old rugged cross. They placed him to a borrowed tomb. And three days later, early on a Sunday morning, my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, he got up again with all power and authority in his hands. That power and authority is walk-right power for me. That is talk-right power for me. That is the power that changes my nature and allows me to be all that God wants me to be. If you are tired of being all the way down, I ask you today to give your life to Jesus Christ because he can help you live a life that's all the way up. If you've been blessed today, make some noise in this place. If you believe that you want to live a life where you want to be all the way up, make some noise in this place. Don't make the noise for me. Think about how good God has been to each and every one of you. And now we just don't lift him all the way up. Hallelujah is a high praise. Lift him all the way up. Let him know that we love you, Lord, that we appreciate you, Lord. And we thank you, Lord, for all that you've done for each and every one of us. Thank you, Lord, for helping us to get all the way up. Lord, we thank you. We love you. Thank you for this time together. Thank you for these people. Thank you for this word that you've given to us. Thank you for these songs that, you, that we're saying today. Thank you for the hospitality of the people in the room from the parking lot to the, the front of the stage to the doors. Lord, thank you for each person that is here today. Lord, thank you for our time. And I pray right now that something has been said or done that will prick someone's heart, that they, they, they don't know you, Lord, that they will come to you right now in this moment, Lord. And if they do know you, Lord, I pray that something has been said that will help to mature the saints and help them to recognize that they don't have to be what everyone else says they were. They don't have to be who they used to be, but through you and through your touch, we can be something different and we can be all the way up. Lord, we love you. Thank you for this fellowship. Thank you for these people. Thank you for this pastor. Lord, thank you for your son, Jesus Christ. Lord, we love you. We give your name praise. We give your name glory and we give your name honor. In the matchless name of Jesus the Christ we pray, amen. God bless you.